Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Apps. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama fan cast. We are talking about the OC. And the OC has finally realized that it's a teen drama. And now it's doing teen drama stuff. This is the most quintessential teen drama. Okay, with some things outside, but at least the teen storylines, man, they're real. They're real, like, 90210. They were so... Classic teen. They were so good. So good. (laughs) So realistic. And, like, they're still good, because now they've established these characters who have, like, so many layers and levels. Yeah. But, like... <laughs> yeah, no, it's it it's gone a root, man. It's taken a journey, and I mean, I don't begrudge it. This was a fun episode to watch. Yeah, it it was it was very entertaining. It was interesting to see these uh see these people and to see the outcome of some storylines, which are some weird uh, weird choices they made there. They went some places, <laughs> but most of all, Kevin, and I don't think we're telling stories out of school. My dream has come true. Yeah, Cam Gianti. He's come. Yep. I've been shouting about this for like two seasons and a bit. Yep. He he has he has arrived in the show. <laughs> He's finally there. And boy, what a role he has. Because every season needs a muscular boy. <laughs> the, the other boys are also muscular. But they all keep their shirts on. They all need one. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> okay, well, we can get into it. We can get into the OC. Might as well. I don't think yeah. anything else to talk about. We have no life. All we did this week was move our aunt and uncle. That's true. Yeah, we did that. <sighs> they're, but they're settled in now. Yeah, That's they're not, good. Not they our like concern. It. Not our concern. <laughs> we don't live in their house. We no longer care. Yeah. Well, let's talk about uh, a, uh, an episode that is full of many people's houses. Some that I don't know who they actually are belong and ha- to. how are they there? Yeah, there's some questions that will need to be answered, and we'll answer them, maybe. Uh... <laughs> In this season three of... It's the OC. That's what I say. It's the OC season three, episode six, The Swells. The Swells. This episode starts out wild. So... So you see... First shot you see, Marissa... She's sitting at the sad beach house. No. The first thing you have is a whispered voiceover. Right. Of, I isn't it of Johnny being like, so what? You see your boyfriend talking to a girl, or you see your girlfriend talking to a boy and you would react it, anyway? It's hard because right before that you have. Oh, no, no, no. It was you, Marissa saying, my life doesn't work without you. Right. Yes. And then, and then you see Marissa sitting sadly in the middle of the night on the beach house. So you think she's on there having and the, sorrow, and then but she, then she, she's having like flashbacks. She's thinking about sexual assault and attempted murder. She's having some real PTSD. And then she wakes up and she's not at the beach house. <laughs> she's at Summer's bed. So wait. So, so she what, had a dream <laughs> about having a dream. That's the only thing I can imagine. She dreamed of sitting on the beach. I was having thoughts about this stuff. So she like Inception layer dreamed herself. Yeah, it's the original <laughs> Inception. Yeah. <laughs> so she's as confused as we are. She is sleeping in a bed with Summer, which only adds to the question of how many bedrooms are in this house. Well, at first I was like, "Aha, proof! She lives there secretly." But we will subsequently learn that Marissa thought she would not have nightmares if she slept in Summer's bed. It's like they 
somehow in the past knew that we'd be talking about this and decided to be like, ah, so they so they share a bed. Okay, no, wait. So she doesn't? Or maybe she usually slept on the floor and slept on the bed that time. So they just decided to make it more confusing for us. So we still don't know how many rooms are in this house. Which is very important to it's an, me. I mean, it's an old game we played, and I'm glad it's back. But Marissa is all worried and upset. So, so at she hops 4 a.m., she runs out of bed, she runs into the hallway, and she calls Ryan. And Ryan's like, Hello? My dear girlfriend, I love you so much. I have school in the morning. But perhaps 4 a.m. is not the right time for us to delve into our emotions. Um, what you need to know is you are safe right now. And right now, you should sleep. And we'll talk about this in the morning. Now, now he does not say we'll talk about this in the true. morning, but it is strongly implied. Yes, and it's worth mentioning that that seems reasonable in a way at 4 a.m., Marissa does not feel so. However, because he does not say, <laughs> we'll talk about this in the morning, though it is strongly implied. Well, the specific wording that she was looking for was, I guess, I'm here. Yes. Because that's what Summer says. Like, well, if you want to talk, I'm here. And she's like, if only he knew that's all he had to say. I'm like, like he picked up the phone at 4 a.m. He loves you so much. I don't pick... I, I, if I get a phone call anytime after midnight and before 5, I don't pick that up. And here's the thing. As a 32-year-old woman, I have learned that men don't say things like I'm here. Men hear your concern, they hear your problem, and they go, hmm, I can fix that Well, also usually with the, this. Also, usually the fact that they are there is the indication that they're there. Yeah, they feel like they don't have to say it. Yeah. Now, girls say it all the time. Uh, but I, and this, this is a good example of that right now, because I do feel like... He's there. Like, he's he, he's physically uh, – he, he's there. He has shown her that he is there. <laughs> but apparently she needs to hear it. And that's the problem. Marissa, as a 16-year-old, 17-year-old, with no mother figure, expects her boyfriend to be psychic. <laughs> well, now Ryan's awake. And he does he, – so here's an interesting thing that doesn't get picked up on again. He's awake. He pulls out his phone. And who do you think he's thinking of calling? Trey. That's what I thought as well. I thought it was either that he was thinking of calling Trey or he was thinking of calling Marissa back. I don't think he was thinking about calling Marissa back because from his perspective, he did it. Yeah. He will. He, will, he said, he will, this moment is okay. Yeah. You, Future you moments, are, we'll you, talk about things. Yeah. But right now. You are safe is the, is the exact word he said. Which is what Ryan would say. I, I Honestly, his reaction to a lot of things you're saying seemed very sweet considering that he yeah. just woke up because yeah because yeah, he's saying that he all these things and he's like well uh, you know you're safe and i bet this is hard for you i'm mm. sorry you're safe right now go back it's to four, sleep go, go back to sleep <laughs> like i don't like, i don't like what like i don't know what i can do it's 4 a.m i have to i have to start new school in the morning which, in fact, is the next scene. Yeah. It is Ryan's first day of school at Harbor again. And he can't get into, into any trouble. Dun, dun, dun. Now, uh, Sandy and Kirsten are the only ones home. Home alone, for they have no jobs. Two unemployed adults just hanging out at home. Kirsten is very excited as a 35-year-old to never work again in her life. <laughs> She's retiring. Meanwhile, Sandy is apparently so in charge of the Newport group. That he... <laughs> Is selling the business. What? 
What I mean, I I the the imagine the thing that I have to imagine the head I have to go with is that essentially he's doing this so that Kirsten doesn't have to go back into that world. Yes, and he does say to her several times, he's like, "Are you sure you're okay with me selling this?" <laughs> yeah, like that's the only reason I can imagine he's still doing this thing, which is not his job. He does say later that he shut down his law his yeah. beach law firm. Yes, yeah, spoiler. We learn later that he says that he shut it down after um Caleb died, so we could run the Newport Group, which only adds more confusion as to what the Newport Group does. <laughs> Why was there no, like, VP of something what? they could promote? Why is there no one else? Why is it that once Caleb has died, neither the other two people who've been in charge of the company... Now, I, I, one, is, one is Julie, to be fair. And, and the, the other, other one, one is, is Kirsten. In, who's in rehab and wants to get away. But there's no one down the line other than unaffiliated son-in-law. Well, and here's the thing. Like, as people who have... <laughs> we both worked for a major railway. Yeah. Major railway. There's definitely someone below Hunter Harrison, <laughs> who was not Keith Creel, who could have taken it over if they were both dead. Yeah, those are some uh, nice references to railroads. Do a, do a Google. Okay. Him famous. Uh, he, he also dead. <laughs> Him also dead. Uh, so yeah, so Kirsten is really not me with fine. She's, she's really very okay. She, yeah, she's like it took me 15 years to realize. She says that I hated it. I, I feel like people should pay more attention to the fact that Caleb lied about like about how successful they were. Yeah, that, that he somehow kept from the chief financial officer of his company. That his company was in ruins. And I thought Kirsten was good at work. It really does make it seem like like she just had a job that he was like, oh, no, yeah, you're in charge of this. And then he didn't let her do any work because she has to have known. Well, Kirsten was in charge of the only um, profitable profitable division. (laughs) And then she became CFO, but she also became an alcoholic. Yeah. So... I guess we're led to believe that she is very good at business, but Carter and alcohol wreck everything? Maybe. I don't know. This, this, I don't know a whole lot about businesses and about, like, structures and things like that, but I do not get the Newport group. Yeah, I don't, I I know they're a real estate conglomerate, but I don't really. I mean, everything they always said was real estate, and then they did a magazine, and then they just sort of, like. Well, Everyone just says like, "Oh no, the Newport Group." Oh, oh, oh. yeah. Like, like, they're they're not a ho- they're not even a holding company. They actually do stuff. We just don't know enough about I, business. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well. Uh, so yeah, they're they're gonna solve the business, and that's the whole thing that's being set up. So no weird thing happens. Seth and Ryan went to school together. And then Ryan ran away at high speed. <laughs> and now Summer and Seth walked to the school together, and Seth's like. Or Summer's like, Seth, Seth, Ryan and Marissa are going to break up. I know it. I feel it in my bones. I can sense it. And it Seth's happens. Like, I think they're fine. Actually, like, actually, Seth does is the one who brings up, oh, Ryan and Marissa have been together for yeah, weeks like, and haven't broken up. They break up all the time. Who cares? And Summer's like, we should care. If we care, Marissa will disappear forever despite the fact she lives in my house. <laughs> yeah. Ryan is our only tie to my best friend. Yeah, there's. Yeah, I mean, I can sort of see where no, she's coming it. from, but it is funny for her to be like, "No, without without Ryan, I'll never see my best friend." Though it it does. But see- we do know how Marissa is, and yeah. Marissa does. I can't imagine just disappearing. Yeah, disengage wildly. Yeah, just being like, "Well, I'm gone now." 
Oh, I've broken up with Ryan. I can't stay with you, Summer. You remind me too much of him. Now I live with Chili. <laughs> and Summer's like, what? Why? So Summer's some... like, goodbye forever. Chili. So they have re-met up with Ryan. For reasons. I I God, I have to assume that essentially they met Summer and Ryan's like, I don't want to be here for this. Goodbye. I would imagine Ryan had to go to the head office of the school. Oh, because it's his first day back. Yes. Yeah. But maybe if we had established that, that would have been cool. Or maybe Ryan actually got to school and he's like, all right, I'm going to sprint inside because the longer I'm outside, the more chance there is someone's going to try to fight me. So I'm, uh... <laughs> I was going to hide in the school. Ha <laughs> No trouble for Ryan. I, <laughs> I can't get in trouble Sandy if trouble can't that. find me. So, uh, they would like to have fun times with Marissa. Ryan just wants to hibernate and do homework. Yeah, yes. Much as Marissa wanted to several episodes ago. Um, now, to be clear, Summer says she makes up a lie here, right? Which is that they're going, that... They have already Seth, planned fun plans. Yeah, that Seth has invited Marissa, uh, Marissa over to the house, and Ryan can't hide, because, or the, the Cohen house, because Brian can't, Ryan can't hide, because that's his house as well. It's needlessly complicated, but that's what teenage girls do, so I'm okay with it. I just want to be very clear, though. This is a lie she made up on the spot. And Seth was just like, mm-hmm. Okay. Also, Christian will like that. Well, no, everyone has just a, a formally agreed to it. I also don't know when it was happening, because it leads us right into this next thing that's happening. Because it originally seemed it was happening tomorrow. Unfortunately, we are immediately informed by Taylor Tanstead that tomorrow is a mandatory lock-in for the senior class, it, where you must bring your sleeping bag and an open mind. <laughs> which which I feel like is also um, also the rules for a very, very sad orgy. So she says, you have to come. It counts as a class. Yes. So are they getting a high school credit for spending a Saturday night at school? I mean, I, I assume... Taylor, who at this point we do not know where she stands and might be a reality shifter. And what is her power? Yeah, because she she has somehow convinced the faculty that she, who's I guess in charge of the social committee, has made a mandatory social event for the senior class. And if they don't go, they'll have a tardy. Now, I can imagine... Here's the thing. I can imagine that being a thing someone does. I cannot imagine how Taylor Townsend did it. How she convinced them to be like, oh, yeah, no, no. And if they don't do it, they have officially failed a class or something. She must have set it up before Dean Jack Hess got deported. Because the idea has to be that she's like, like yeah, it's, it's like it's like, some, like class trips, essentially. Yeah, it's, Where it's not, like this. This is something to do with some learning process of togetherness or some nonsense. But that's like that. usually connected to a course. <laughs> In this case, just senior being senior. Great. Yeah. Uh, she also bullies Ryan and Seth into helping her set up because essentially she is the reason that Ryan is back into the school. Yeah, she, she, hey, she flipped I mean, on. Uh, accurate. Yeah. Um. I. I. This is sort of this is sort of sad that that is almost premonitory, premonitory, whatever the word is. Yeah, yeah. Um. You had a premonition. Said, yeah, from later where I said. Oh, she can only hang out with her enemies because she has no friends. And that is about to become shockingly true. Taylor is so bad. Yeah. But I feel so bad for her all the time. I love her needy, bossy, she... aggressive nature so much. Yeah, she needs a real good, like, 
Not even, not even a redemption arc. She just needs a like, best friend. Yeah, that's what she needs. She needs to have a happy ending. This poor girl. I don't want her happy ending to be the happy ending of every other character where they're like, by the way, I'm just going to leave. No, I want her to be a part of the group. <laughs> like, she gets to hang out with our uncool leads. Well, I mean, she wants friends. Mm-hmm. But you know who has so many friends? Well, over at Newport Union, the friendliest kids ever bully Marissa <laughs> into surfing and partying with them. Because she doesn't, she doesn't surf. <laughs> she doesn't want this party. But they're like, oh, come on, Marissa. It's fair, she does enjoy this stuff when she goes out and does it. With anyone else, I'd be like, yeah, don't, you know, be nicer to her. But Marissa does seem like the kind of person who's like, no, I don't want to. But then she always arrives there and has fun. And she's like, oh. Oh, turns out it is fun outside. Oh, there are friends. Like, there are the people who's like, no, don't bully them. If they don't want to go out, don't make them go out. Marissa might be one of the people I might be like, yeah, no, you know what? She is definitely an extrovert who does not realize that she's an extrovert. Yeah, she draws her energy from other people. (laughs) And when she's alone, things go bad. She desperately needs to go outside. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man but yeah so they're excited because uh these southern swells are coming up and they're going to have the dawn patrol which means you stay up all night and then you surf all day and now that is tomorrow though chili does say i'll see you tonight so time is fluid in this episode chili wants to have a party every night because he just wants to sleep with a girl but I just any I just, girl like i just thought that I don't understand when, what stuff is happening when and why stuff is happening but then. But there is a party tonight. Yes. And that is the that is the dinner. And also some surfing. Yeah. So um, Chili and uh, Casey wander off because they're only secondary characters. <laughs> and Johnny remains behind. And he bonds with Marissa about how she has bad dreams and can't sleep. But what I'm distracted by... Is how low her top was? Yes! I wrote, how does it stay on her body? I wrote down what is Marissa wearing. She is wearing the thought of straps. It's like a great Gatsby style dress, but also it's a shirt. She she she, she is showing an amazing amount of, I guess just, just like... Like her nipple has to be under the seam of her shirt. It's ta- it has to be taped on. Like there's it's so low. That's, that's all I could get. That that shirt that shirt is 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 staying up through just willpower. And like I'm not even like oh, how scandalous. It's I'm just, just like weird. how is her shirt still on her body? It, it feels like it should shift forward and back cuz once again it's it's 85% strap. Yes, but it never moves. Which means we do see a lot of sternum, a lot of sternum so, bones. So much sternum, so much clavicle. Whew. Well, th- well, so yeah, they they bond, and that goes right into some characters who we are also very confused about. Who are also bonding. Yep. So Charlotte and Julie are like BBFs now, best best friends. Well, apparently they're roommates. They actually, they technically live so together. Julie has moved in. Yes. The movers have delivered her things. Yes. Which is a mystery. As she packed in a panic <laughs> when the bank repossessed her house. You mean when she arrived at the motel with two things? I feel like that is just, like... Drama? Ju- no, I think that's Julie um, trying to make herself feel better. Being like, oh, the, the movers have put in the stuff. And really what that is is, like, you know, the creepy flower guy threw her bags in the room. Or did Julie get a credit card 
and buy a whole bunch of couches and things. Oh, uh, who knows? I mean, Charlotte is apparently also living there. It will never come up. But as we still try to figure out what this scam is, Charlotte, Charlotte has an idea. She's like, well, first, I should throw you a housewarming. And Julie's like, no, 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 I'm unpopular. And Charlotte's like, yes, I too was unpopular once. In when, New York. When I left rehab. Not this time. A different time. <laughs> I'm a mess. And I solved it by throwing a party. A black tie benefit. So perhaps you should throw a party. It helped me so much. Julie, I will help you throw this party. But maybe Kirsten so has at, to help us? She No, at this point she does not mention Kirsten. She just says, oh, yeah, no, we should throw a black tie benefit. That will work so much. That will help so much for you. That's why I was still trying to figure out. So she's still trying to make the poor person spend money. I don't see what the scam is. I think she mentioned it like the very, very end of the scene, like an under the thing. No, she might have. But uh, I got the scam immediately. I was like, oh, they're going to scam rich people for a fake charity. Cool. Yeah. Man, we'll get into that. All right, so uh, Marissa and Summer uh, are now also hanging out. because In amazing. Summer's bedroom. Yep, and they talk about Johnny and the weekend plans. And Summer is instantly suspicious. Because <laughs> he's like, Johnny is intensely friendly, and Summer knows what TV show she's on. She saw the Bolivar storyline, and she's like, it's coming again. Oh, this God. time he might not be crazy. <laughs> yeah, Johnny might actually just be a nice guy that does not change the fact that he's in love with you. He's doing it. And Marissa's like, no, he just wants me to visit him at the beach. I can't come to the Cohen house with you. Wait, no, does she mention that? Does she mention the yes. Cohen house? Okay, okay, so this is super weird. Yeah. So Summer's like, come to dinner, and Marissa's like, yes, but I need to drive by myself because I have to go to the beach first. And uh, hang out with Johnny. No gd sense and we'll talk about this when we get to the beach well this right now they because arrive what, at the beach okay so what she should have said was i have to drive myself by myself so i can go to the beach after because the beach hangs are obviously like late night hangs well it, like what did she think she was gonna do get to the beach and be like hello friends goodbye well yeah i don't know so she gets there she arrives at the beach and there's johnny standing there while chili's and Serving K- poorly. Casey isn't even there Casey yet. Casey has not arrived yet. She's like, then, I don't know, then... And then, then Johnny's like, so, I still also sometimes have bad dreams, but, uh... <laughs> Where did, yeah, I'm like, what? <laughs> and then he's like, I'm pretty cold. Will you come to my truck with me to get a hoodie? And, and Marissa's like, I have to cancel my nighttime plans. Yeah, he says, I need to go. I am cold. Will you come with me to my car that's over there so I can get a sweater? And she's like, I got to cancel my dinner plans for this. So what? I don't understand what she... So she never planned to go to the Cohen dinner? That's what it sounds like. I actually didn't even know they told her. Because when they got to the scene where, um, where, where like it's Summer telling them... Now, you know, the people, like Sandy, because Sandy and Kirsten are cooking. This essentially leads right into it. So mm-hmm. Sandy mm-hmm. and Kirsten are cooking. They're making stew. And Kirsten, I guess, is bad at cooking again? I didn't fully understand also the dinner was happening now, because I guess I missed the part where Summer was talking about the dinner. Because I thought they didn't even tell Marissa the dinner was happening, and now they're all upset that Marissa didn't come to the dinner. No, they told her, and she was like, yes, I will come, but first I must go to the beach. <laughs> first I have to do this other thing. I... The the drama in this episode is so weirdly manufactured. Like, what did... But what did Marissa think she was doing? She was going to the beach for five minutes? Yeah. Also, why did she have to go to the beach today? She's going there tomorrow. 
Yes. Tomorrow is the surfing party thing. Today was just them surfing, which I assume they also do every weekend. Like, you know, it's good that Marissa has friends at her new school. (laughs) They're weirdly obsessed with her. They are. They are. (laughs) Also, like, I'm sorry. I have been a teenage girl. Yeah. I would literally never ditch dinner at my boyfriend's house. With with my old friends. Yeah, to, like, go to a beach and say hi. Yeah, and, and especially, like, what prompted her to stay there was such a small thing. Because well, it was Johnny being like, sometimes life is hard. And she was like, oh, sometimes life is hard. He gets it. Life is hard. Ryan never tells me life is hard. Wait, what? Ryan only ever says life is hard. Ryan thrives on life is hard. <laughs> Ryan explains consistently that life is hard. I don't understand. Like, I understand later what draws. Like, I understand the scene that we're about to see where she's hanging out with Johnny. I understand what draws her to him in this scene. I don't understand what got her to this moment. Because before that, she treats Ryan <laughs> like he's Luke. Yeah. Like, she treats him like he's a rich kid who could never understand struggles. Yeah, you you don't get me, Ryan. I shot your brother. And Ryan's like, yes. Yeah, you did. And I would have murdered him had you not shot him. <laughs> we both did bad things, Marissa. But, yeah, so after Summer's like, oh, she's hanging on the beach with Johnny. And Ryan's like, I'm oh. fine. He's I'm like, fine. Cool, cool, cool. All right. That's... I don't get it. And then Summer's like, I don't get it. Look, we can't, we cannot dwell on this, Ryan. And Ryan's like, I would like not to be a bad dude, but these are weird excuses. <laughs> and Summer's like, yes. Now it's about to get weirder or sadder. Uh, Marissa's talking with Johnny and he, out of, let's be clear, out of nowhere. Essentially, Marissa said, hey, Johnny, I'm sad. And Johnny was like, I once hit my dad with a baseball bat. He tries to lead up to it by being like, yes, I had a fight with my dad. Or no, what she says is she's like, I know you played baseball. And he was like, I don't. I had a fight with my dad. I haven't seen him in years. Johnny. Four years. Johnny unloads so much innuendo and Marissa does not get it. Mm. He's the one he's like, you see my dad, he uh, he drank a lot and he would he like to go after my mom. And Marissa goes, what does that mean? Um, well, one day... (laughs) How long have you dated Ryan for? Well, one day I, uh, I came home and, you know, he was had her against the wall and choking her and I just lost it. What does that mean? So, (laughs) 14-year-old Johnny was very strong. Uh, I mean, he had a baseball bat, which helps. He just, I mean, also I presume he just clocked his dad in the back of the head and then just wailed on him. Because his dad was not expecting 14-year-old Johnny. To hit him with a baseball bat. And then Johnny looks at Casey, and he looks no, at no, Marissa. No, no, Kate does not see Casey. Oh, that's right. He yeah. just looks at Marissa, and he's like, no one else knows. It's, it's weird, but I've never told anyone this before. And then Marissa looks at no, Casey. No, no one sees Casey, Aaron. No one sees Casey. No Is that one when sees she drives Casey, up? yes. I, th- I no. thought they were looking down the pier at Casey and Chili <laughs> hanging out and being like, no one no, knows. No, 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 no. Casey drives up, sees Johnny and Marissa, and Marissa pats him on the back, and Casey goes, <gasps> And then gets out of the car. I mean, to be fair, their chemistry is undeniable. <laughs> no, <laughs> nobody sees Casey. I really thought they were looking down at Casey and Chili being Casey and Chili. No, no, this this is the this is the first thing of Casey being like, my boyfriend really does like that girl. I 
don't love this development. <laughs> and the thing is that I, I'm also very much aware that Johnny is very into Casey and everything we don't see. But if you just take this episode and, and nothing that has to be happening behind the scenes, Johnny is really cold shouldering his girlfriend. And I'm not real. I mean, yes, Marissa shot a boy. <laughs> <laughs> a grown man. Marissa shot a grown man. Marissa shot a grown man. And, and you know, Johnny beat, beat up a, a grown, a grown man. man with the bat. So I understand kind of why they're, why they're, I understand why they're connecting now. Yes, but prior to this, I had no understanding of why Johnny was obsessed with Marissa. Because she's not. I, I guess it had to be that he had to have heard that she. About the shooting. The shooting. He, and, and, and it was like, ah, she protected her boyfriend. Like, I protected my mom. Instant kinship. Inst- I, I understand why we are we are like one, Marissa. We are fae. Teens. So, uh, the next morning. Yep. Or in the middle of the night. Unclear. <laughs> I think it's the morning. Summer awakens marissa filled with rage and suspiciousness oh you didn't come home i was i was up so she's actually doing like the the, the mom thing i was up so late last she's night like, look at this hoodie i found it says baseball things i see boy clothes all over this room that we share how dare you so 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 wait if this isn't the morning then because it looks okay. like, it looks like the morning it looks like the morning but the reason i think it's the middle of the night because it wouldn't make any sense why summer would do this now when she was supposed to be awake and saw marissa come home because of the next scene yeah where seth's like so did marissa ever like explain to you ryan why she disappeared and ryan was like i don't know she called me in the middle of the night and was like hey i'm vaguely sorry my boyfriend goodbye did she yeah i don't remember that Ryan says that she did it. We don't see it, but Ryan says she left a voicemail. Uh, so I think Summer woke Marissa up and bullied Marissa into calling Ryan. Uh, I thought I thought that um, but I've, only I've, once I've, I saw the scene. Yeah, well, the reason that I think it's it's different um, is because Marissa actually goes to see Ryan the next morning. She goes to the lock in. Yeah, which made me think that is what she was talking. You about. You know what? None Ryan. of this makes sense. Yeah, it's fine. Well, anyway, um, so Summer is trying to figure out why Marissa spontaneously blew off Ryan, and Marissa's because Summer's like Johnny clearly Loves likes you. you, and she's like, no, she and her reasoning is terrible for Marissa. Her reasoning is, well, he has a girlfriend, and Summer's like, how many boys have had girlfriends, Marissa? Do you remember Bolivar and his fake girlfriend? Well, no, I'm just like Marissa. Do you remember how you met Ryan? Well, you had Luke. Yeah, you had a boyfriend. And, and you loved Ryan. And Bolivar had a fake girlfriend. You're really, you're really good. She knows the girlfriend is real, though. Yeah, I know, but like... <laughs> you're, you're... I, I'm just saying Marissa used the same excuse in season one. But he has a girlfriend. Yeah. He couldn't love me. No, but the difference is that this time she's... I don't think she's going to, like, touch Casey and realize she's a hologram and be like... <gasps> I'm not suggesting that. I'm just suggesting that Marissa should realize that she uses the same excuses over and over. Yeah, but I think in, in the case of her and Ryan, it, it means that, like, yeah, you can like someone when you're in a relationship. Anyway, the, the, the compromise to come to is a summer will meet the other friends... And that will do something. I guess the show... Well, because at this point, I think Summer is... Summer's never actually met them. She's sort of just guessing, like, based off of the, all the talk about Johnny, being like, Johnny probably loves you. And guess what? Summer's not dumb. Yeah, Summer's empath- very empathic episode. So, anyway. Yeah. Marissa th- shows up at the school. They're all setting up for the lock-in. She tries to apologize, but she also tries to be like, but Ryan, 
you're not good enough at supporting me. What? I want to talk about Trey. And Ryan pauses, and then Taylor comes in. That's not an indication he's not going to talk to her about it. And prior to that, he was like, the only time you've ever tried to talk to me about Trey was at 4 a.m., Marissa. Yeah. I like that that Marissa's entire thing, like, oh, Ryan won't listen to me, dwells from, I called him at 4 a.m., and then I tried to talk to him, and then that crazy woman, Taylor, pulled him away. And now, to be fair, maybe she's tried to do it before, because Ryan is, like, Ryan's character yeah. arc is he compartmentalizes. Yeah. He shoves things down into, like, the bottom of his soul. Yeah. And he's he ignores them until he can't ignore them anymore. And we know that about Ryan. Yeah, So absolutely. we can, like, kind of believe what Marissa's been saying. But- Unfortunately, the show <laughs> has not shown us this other than her one 4 a.m. phone call. Where he was pretty decent, considering it was 4 a.m. Yeah, he tried really hard. And this time he was literally pulled away from Taylor. It, is, it never seems like he's avoiding it. He's just not talking about it well. Also... Also, Ryan doesn't talk. Well, and also, like, of course... Of, Yes, Johnny is better at listening about this Trey stuff, but you, ha- he do- you have to admit that Ryan is kind of close to the matter. Yeah, Johnny doesn't know Trey. Tra- Johnny has no stake in this. Jo- Johnny doesn't care if Marissa killed Trey or not. Yeah. Ryan does care. Yeah, so it's not quite the same as Johnny talking to Marissa about it, because also Marissa doesn't know Johnny's dad. Mm-hmm. Like, the it's just like yeah Marissa talking to Ryan will help but in this specific circumstance I think Ryan's not the best person to talk to I feel real bad that I shot your brother and he's like yeah I also don't quite like that and during this scene I was like oh Marissa needs a therapist Julie or she could talk to Summer like if she wants to talk to a friend and not a therapist yeah, but like, Ryan's Ryan the is one. the wrong person. I understand he's your boyfriend, but he is way too close to this matter. It'll be like, I felt like I just got so angry that I burned down your house. Like if Ryan was talking to Caleb about getting over burning down that model home. Exactly. <laughs> he's way too close to it. Uh, anyway. So here's a short, easy scene that's vaguely weird. And introduces a lot of things. So Sandy meets with some prospective buyers. Uh, there's a young guy. His name is Matt. And Matt is weirdly involved in this scene. Yeah, he's explained away by Williams, I think is the older guy. I think that, so. he, that he's a big up-and-comer at the firm, so he's here now. He's there for the acquisition. And there's this, like, connection between... this. Oh, man, it's like a, like a meet-cute between Matt and Sandy, where Sandy's like, look, you can have the... Uh, the uh, the Newport group is one thing I want. There's a low-income housing. And the Matt's like, I do understand. That's what I thought you were going to say. Don't worry. We'll keep it up. And then Williams is like, yes, yep. we'll keep that. <laughs> do that. He also says, don't worry. We'll keep. Uh, this is Williams says, we're going to keep Caleb Nichols' legacy alive. I'm like, what legacy? Caleb Nichols, <laughs> who lost all the money and hates the poor. Mm, his legacy of being deeply in debt and lying to everyone about it and having a secret family. That legacy. Mm-hmm. He built this company and then ran it into the ground. A hero. The man we all wish we could be. <laughs> seen. If he had not died, that company would have folded very soon, right? Like that—that that is the state they they have told us it is. Apparently, is that if is that if Caleb was still alive, we would right now be like, wait, hold on, you destroyed your company. God but damn it! Yet somehow people really want to buy it. 
Well, I mean, at that point, I think they're just trying to trade on the name. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. What made you happy this week? Well, this week, many things made me happy, including the fact that it was a short week, only four days of work. Yay. And I had to take a surprise afternoon off on Friday, which I used to move our aunt and uncle. Yep. But what specifically is making me happy is I finally invested. I spent the $4 to buy the <laughs> alcoholic Snapple. <laughs> the thing that we've talked about. So many times on this podcast. So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. <laughs> that's I, fair. No, that's fair. I said I was setting up something. I forgot our bit. So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. What are you drinking tonight? Um, tonight I'm drinking the Snapple Spiked Peach Tea. And it has a problem. It has a very real problem. It really just tastes like Snapple. Yeah. The, uh... I made Kevin taste it, and Kevin does not taste alcohol. Like, he does not taste my alcohols. No, no, yeah. He's not interested no, no. in alcohol. He I'm, does not want alcohol. I'm, I'm very good at t- picking out the taste of alcohol, though, because I specifically the taste I don't like in a lot of things. And I could ba- I could barely taste it there. I could If I did not know it was alcoholic, I could have waved it off as, oh, this just tastes a little bit weird. You would just think, Maybe like, some grapefruit in here or something. The Snapple got hot. And then was cooled again. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> like it was like it tastes like I left it in my car. Yeah, but then cooled it, and it still tastes good, and it didn't go bad. Yep, and the so like, it's it's delicious. Don't get me wrong. So the reason we're saying that's a problem is because it still says Snapple big on it, and it's still called Snapple, and it says Snapple spiked peach tea. And like children don't know what spiked means. Yeah, uh, what I'm saying is that man. Some kid's going to get drunk. Some four-year-old's going to have so much snack. He does say in smaller print down there, vodka beverage, but that is by far one of the smallest words on there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, like, a kid doesn't know what that means. <laughs> and a grandma who can't see really good just sees Snapple. Yeah, that's what most of those things. I can imagine some, like, grandma, grandfather, the, the same ones who are like, ah, I bought you Transmorphers. Um, <laughs> You're like, would, would yep. going to give some kid some... Uh, some vodka. I'm also happy because a dog is sitting on my lap. That's true. We are hanging out with the dog today. Kevin, what brought you joy this week? I I sort of told you about this already. I played a game that was released a little while ago, and it's up on Xbox Game Pass called The Outer Wilds. And it's this, like, beautifully played game where you start out and you like, go on a... Like space adventure, and like there's the, these uh, five planets, and then in 22 minutes, uh, the sun explodes, <laughs> and then you restart on this loop, um, and it's it's really cool. It's really pretty. The the planets are like there's only five of them, but they're really pretty to um, experience. They're also really like some of them are really creepy. Like there's planet you go into, and there's like giant angler fish that you have to like float past without making any noise. There's uh, two uh, planets that orbit each other that one the dust from one planet is pulled into the other. So there's a lot of these cool things. You're sort of unraveling the um, the mystery of this universe. And I don't want to spoil it because I think it's just that great. But I'll say that it is uh, it's one of the few games that when I finished that game, I felt actually, like, sad. <laughs> like Because there it, was no more to discover? Yeah, it was such a, like... It was it, like not sad, like melancholic. It was a it was a beautifully sweet, like ending to this great experience. And it's a few hours, but it's a lot of fun. And I figured out all the stuff like myself, like myself, which was really cool. And it was I don't know. It, it's called the Outer Wilds. It's available on I think 
I think it's available on PS4, but it's available on PC and Xbox. And if you just want, like, a fun space adventure game, you do die a lot. <laughs> <laughs> because the world resets every 20 minutes. Well, and also, you, also it, like, there's just things that will just kill you. Um, I mean, there's not, there's not really any enemies in it, no. But, I mean, like, you'll fall too far or you'll get trapped in space without oxygen because... And there's ones that are, like, that's, like actually terrifying we're like oh god i have no oxygen gotta run to the <laughs> ship and then your ship just like floating away in space you're like oh guess i'm this is where i am now guess i'm dying now because my space my ship has just flown off into <laughs> space but yeah it was great it was great i would uh five five out of five stars beautiful game made me very sad at the end in a good way a plus will recommend so we head to the lock-in uh still getting set up and we meet a new character who is terrible, and that's Taylor's mom. So the scene starts with Taylor being like, I made all these inspirational posters. Everyone will love them. 1 a.m. Oh, no, my mom's here. I need to go get supplies from her car. And and Seth, who's the only one there now because Summer... Oh, no, I guess Ryan's still hanging out. Yeah, but um, Seth is nearby. Yep. Uh, Taylor's mom arrives, and she immediately just gets on how much she hates her daughter. Her daughter is so dumb. The only reason she did this is because she's too much of a loser. Yeah. She has no friends on Saturdays. The only... Yeah, so she... I like how she says, so you don't have to spend your Saturday alone. I'm like, what are you doing, mom? You're her mother. You could watch movies with her. You could go shopping. Tell me if you don't imagine this that this mom might be a single mom and goes out to the clubs. Oh, probably. And then she then she get, then she gets home at 1 a.m. and is like toasted and <laughs> shouts at her daughter that she is not as cool as she is. Now we have discovered that Taylor's dad owns a car dealership. Uh, I guess so, maybe. But that doesn't mean, mean they're, they're together. That's not mean they're together. Um, anyway, um, she's Seth really mean. Seth watches Taylor's mom nag Taylor, <laughs> tell her to untuck her shirt because she can't wear low-rise pants with her butt. You know, her very attractive, perky, slim figure. Yeah, no. Also, you can wear whatever you want. Yeah, there's also that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Seth says she overhears how terrible this mom is, and he's like, ah, oh, dang it, I just got some character development for Taylor Townsend. He's like, ah, oh, shit. Ah, oh, dang. Now I understand why she is the way she is. <laughs> now I'm understanding more about her. Dang it. Dang Darn. it. Dang it. So, uh, here's a big scene, Kevin. Well, big scene. Well, Marissa and Summer arrive at the beach, and you know, there's chili... And there's Casey, and there's Johnny, but and most importantly... Cam Gianti, otherwise known as Wojciech. Yeah, um, well, well, other characters are playing, like, human beings. I guess Cam Gianti is playing a Street Fighter character, for he is Volchuk, and he is shirtless. And he is so hot. You can tell that him and his buddy are the bad surfers, because unlike Casey and Chili... And uh, Johnny, who, who are, are wearing, wearing wetsuits like reasonable human beings. <laughs> They're just shirtless. <laughs> but still surfers. So, and yes, is the, it is the introduction of good old Angry Brow's Cam Giante, who will continue to Angry Brow his way through this episode. So, uh, meanwhile... Wait, there's the important thing in this episode. In this, Oh, yeah, Cam yeah. Giante is like, hey, hey, Casey, hey, Casey... Hey, look at your boyfriend. Talk to yeah. Marissa. Yeah, so essentially Johnny's like, hey, let's go in this direction. And then <laughs> then Volchick is like, I thought you I thought I thought you were dating Johnny. Oh, what's happening? Oh, what's going on? Anyway, angry eyebrows. Ooh. 
Cam Giante. I mean, Volchik. I mean, whatever. Meanwhile, this scene, uh, Julie Cooper and Charlotte visit Kirsten. Yeah, as the trio. And Kirsten's like, it's weird you guys are roommates. It's, I think I like it, but it's weird. Man, there must be so many crazy stories. Uh, but what they're actually doing here is they're pitching to Kirsten to invent, to invest, I guess, in their fun event for underprivileged women to go to rehab. And Kirsten's like... I should probably not do Newport events because all those women are terrible. Yeah, I sort of wanted to not do uh, this stuff. But then Charlotte, like, essentially gets her alone. It's like, no, you got to do this for Julie. Julie needs it. And Kristen's like, oh, no, I'm a sucker for a sob story. Yeah, so I guess this is the plan. It's about guilting Kirsten into supporting, supporting their thing, scam fundraiser. Cool. All right. Well, uh, let's cut back to the beach where there's now a house. And it is Chili's house, I guess. also Johnny lives there, maybe. Well, Johnny just keeps taking people to Chili's room. But he has a picture of himself in Chili's room. He is best friends with Chili. Yeah. Okay. I don't know who lives in this house. I know at least, hey, minimum Chili lives in this house. And it's like a nice house on the beach. Is Chili the new... That girl for a season. Well, I mean, the, the thing is that she was, uh, she was for the rich kids. This is he could have always been that. The uh, he's a reverse rich kid. Yeah, he's the reverse that girl. Like, I mean, he's the reverse Seth because he actually having parties at his house. He is the reverse Seth. Except for he's also very much super Seth. The yeah, this house is weird. Uh, is the best way I can put at it. It's it's a very small house. Which makes me think that Chili's parents are either not around or he lives by himself. He is an emancipated minor. That's why I imagine it's him and Johnny. <laughs> and you know, there's something about Marissa that we like haven't quite really picked up on because we love Ryan. Yeah. Marissa is a natural flirt. Like her ongoing interaction with human individuals. Yes, yes. Is she... flirting. Yes, and that's and that's fair, and that doesn't really mean anything. It's but... not wrong, but she does flirt with uh to, to ver- Johnny. A lot. To ver- Johnny's natural inclination to people is to try to be, like, their guardian angel. So the combination of the two of them is <laughs> not great. Yeah, neither of them are are aware of, like, <laughs> sexual attraction <laughs> at all. But they're like, oh, somehow we're married now. What? What? How has this happened? You should tell someone about this, Marissa. <laughs> so Summer sees this. She sees this flirting, and she's like, oh, oh dear God. We should, we should mention that essentially, like, Johnny immediately abandons Casey. I don't know where she is. Um, <laughs> and also, he, like, strips Marissa away from Summer. Yeah, he, well, I, I can't remember. What, what reason do they have for going into that room? And whatever it is. They have to drop Marissa's purse off, maybe. I think. But Marissa finds a photo of, like, him young with Chili, and then, like, they pull, they, they really, they sexy play wrestle over it. And Summer's just watching, like, oh, God, she doesn't even know it's happening. Neither does he. They're both so dumb. I have to help them. <laughs> These sweet, dumb kids don't realize they're in love. The only solution is to call Seth. <laughs> And tell him to send Ryan, and then something, something. And so she calls Seth, but unfortunately that phone is taken away by Taylor. Immediately. Yeah, but Ryan, unfortunately she got enough for Ryan to just leave anyway. Well, because what she says is, I need Ryan. Ryan has to come to this party. Emergency. 
And Ryan's like, oh, real emergency. <laughs> he does not know where the house is, by the way. There's no way he knows where Chili's house is. Um, what she says is, it's at the end of Dune Road. Ah, there we go. So he goes charging off to find a house, but he has to be back for the lock-in or else blah, 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 trouble. Taylor. <laughs> Do you think that's actually a thing or Taylor just lying? Or oh, she... Ta- Taylor is 100... I do not believe she's lying. I think she thinks it's a thing. If people showed up... Yeah. She would call them. She would... Or, sorry, if people did not show up, she would, like, the next day, Monday, at school, she would talk to Dr. Kim and be like, people didn't show up for this. What are the repercussions? (laughs) Dr. Kim's like, I don't know. Dr. Kim's like, let me tell their parents. (laughs) Oh, yeah, snitch the hell out of those kids. They Um, won't even know. I'm doing it. <laughs> hey, uh, Miss Johnson, did you know that your son did not go to the lock-in? And then she's like, he didn't do what? I don't care. <laughs> What's a lock-in? It's a Saturday. He doesn't have school. Get out of here. We went to the Hamptons. I know that's in New York, but we went there. <laughs> we went to see Cam Giante. <laughs> He's a famous actor. Did you know? <laughs> He's in the show now. He was on Twilight. Eventually. In the future. In the future, he'll be in Twilight. He's an actor. <laughs> we saw him surf. Those are two different skills. <laughs> he is the, he, he is definitely not a teenager. He's a grown man, and we like him. He has facial hair. Some teenagers have facial hair. Kevin. He has a lot of facial hair. He has a lot of facial he hair. He is an adult. I mean, they're all adults now. Except for Johnny. Johnny's the only one who I'm like, that is a teenage boy. And Chili. Chili. Yeah. But Chili could also be one of those, like, awkward, weedy 22-year-olds. And the problem with Chili is that Chili could also be the lead singer of Sugar Ray, and you never know. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) You cannot tell the difference. So, uh... Uh, Ryan Ryan heads off. (laughs) So, at the party, Summer and Chili creep on Marissa and Johnny, and Chili's like, Summer... Why don't you love me? And she's like, I don't know, dude. I'm already dating a nerd. My favorite thing is how little she acted. Like, nobody's put off by Chili. No, they're just like, oh, you do love me. That's cool. He he is the very definition of (laughs) (laughs) non-threatening. But anyway, so she's watching Marissa and, uh, and Johnny. And she's very empathic this episode because, like, she sees Casey come in. And Casey's also, like, not pleased. But then she sees Casey with Johnny, and then Casey's all up on Johnny, and she's like, oh. Oh, dang. Oh, no. Well, no, I, well, I think more of she sees Johnny is very into Casey. And he, she's like... Uh, Johnny he, does really love Casey. Mm, he loves Casey, but also, Marissa, I need more time. Yeah, so she tries to call up Seth and be like, abort, abort the mission. More time, Seth, I need more time. Unfortunately, Ryan is already there, but oh, no, Marissa can't see there. Until Marissa does see he's there. And then Summer's like, yes, Ryan, he's here to drive me to the lock-in. I'm so good. Yeah, this lie will last about five minutes. But hey, Johnny, because he's the nicest person in existence, like, oh, hey, Ryan, why don't you come in? Come have some beers with me. I love you, Ryan. (laughs) I love everybody. You're so cool. (laughs) And Marissa's like, I'm torn. So uh, let's go into this storyline that <laughs> might be one of the most confusing things ever. So, Sandy has called in Matt. He has a se- Matt. He has a secret meeting with the youth because he read something on the youth's face that Sh- made him think like maybe I shouldn't hmm. trust Williams with this low income housing. And turns out Matt is like, yeah, we uh, immediately is like absolutely not. <laughs> Matt, Matt, 
Matt folds like a deck of cards. I don't even know if I can call it folding. It said Matt's like, all right, now hold on. What about this? What if you keep the company and I work for you? What if I have the company, Sandy? He's like, you just got to give me a shot. Just give me a chance. I'm like, wait, you're asking him to keep the 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 debt? <laughs> So you're asking Pretty him company. to not solve any of his problems. <laughs> but but give me a chance. This is my dream. Like, the idea is supposed to be that Matt's personally connected with Sandy. But I, just but love how I like, think Matt knows how to read Sandy. And Matt is like, Sandy loves a youth with a dream. Yeah, he, he does. He's like, oh, you, you go, he's only my son. And Matt's like, I'm 26. I went to Berkeley, which, may, which, which may, makes Sandy be like, oh, Berkeley. Berkeley. This, <laughs> This, this young man, Matt, is going to be on my team. He wants Matt, a shot. I don't Matt, know. Matt, you are me. I, I am you. I don't know what's happening more. What Matt needed was one line where he said, I do not like the way Williams does things, but I think you're a good person. Instead, he acts like this is a big business opportunity for him, which it's not. He's living a real... like He has a real good you know, job yeah, at a real good company. Though I guess the thing he says is that, yeah, that, yeah it's a company where people like me aren't gonna go far he does say that and yet williams brought him to this major (laughs) business meeting yes that is where everything gets weird by the fact that matt is like no (laughs) he brought me he brought me guy with known conscience and i am now suspicious about the oc that Matt might be a might be a trap, might be a honeypot. Yeah, he might be a Charlotte. But I don't know what <laughs> God, there's more of them. I can't remember just being Matt. Does he want to sleep with Sandy? I'm right as Matt, right? I'm saying his name so oh, much. Oh, it like, is Matt. Okay, good. Yes. I, I'm just saying his name in a funny I, way. I called him always... the youth up until a certain point, and then towards the end of the episode, I was like, oh, Matt. Matt. Uh, well, speaking of scams. Speaking uh, of Charlotte. Charlotte and Julie are planning the event until Charlotte gets a phone call. From her dad? It's got to be the... It's got to be the weirdo. It's the weirdo. It's the weirdo. However... We we never see the phone call. It's a very bad lie because isn't Charlotte estranged from her father? Aaron, Charlotte is so bad at this. Do you want to know how bad she is? How bad is she? She leaves a purse full of IDs and multiple credit cards. Why is she taking all of those out with her? If there's one thing I know about women is you have multiple purses even yeah. if you even if you don't leave them at your motel room with the with creep. the weirdo choose your identity for the night and bring one card you don't need all of them you also can't have multiple ids that will get you thrown in jail so terrible criminal charlotte is figured out by julie asap when julie is like my friend's paying for dinner for i am poor and then julie just pays for it anyways no no <laughs> Julie took Charlotte's cash. Oh, okay. Which is amazing. All right, fair enough. <laughs> it's so good. I suddenly I love Julie Cooper. Char- Charlotte was unraveled by her Julie own stu- her, her own stupidity and 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 Julie not wanting to be. Let's be clear. To be fair, Julie doesn't want to pay Ju- for dinner. Julie was too awkward to stand with. That's what it was. Julie was too awkward to wait with the um the, what the, the server. It's so she true. was like. I don't like that you're here, poor person. Because you know she still f- feels yeah. that way. I guess I'll pay for dinner with my friend's card. <laughs> All right. Well, Ryan immediately gives up the plan. He's like, oh, no, yeah, Summer called me. Like, Sorry. But Marissa's like, 
I didn't think I could talk to you. And I'm like. She's like, you should worry about my relationship with Johnny, for I have a connection with him that I could never have with you. And Ryan's like, what? What? And Marissa's like, you heard me. I could talk to him about Trey. And Ryan's like, okay, let's talk about Trey right now. And she's she's like, like, I don't want to do it right now. I can't. You suck, Ryan. You just told me to go back to sleep. He's like, I, it was 4 a.m. Marissa, <laughs> you, you, what do you want from me? What do you me? want me to do? Just, just, you, you, what? <laughs> Anyway, uh, so Ryan tries to leave, and then Summer apologizes for meddling. Is like, you gotta go in there and apologize, sir, please. Ryan, we're gonna lose her. Meanwhile, at the same time, Johnny is like, I just got in a fight with Ryan, and Johnny's like, you should come and apologize to him. You clearly did something wrong, Marissa. Maybe you said I was a better person than him. You should know, I'm not a better person than him, for I am not a person. I am an ethereal essence given form. I am the spirit of kindness. But, Johnny, this party is so loud. Where can I call him from? Not outside, because this house is small and easy to leave. No, you should go to another room. Let me lead you to Chili's room, where you have already been this episode. (laughs) There's no reason for this to happen. But what it does result in is he opens the door and, hey, there's two people making it on the bed. And, hey, one of them's Casey. And one of them's Wojciech. (laughs) And, and he's so gross about this. He walks up like, hey, Johnny, who's clearly like 10 years younger than me. You you may have gotten the, the, the what, the, the sponsorship. Brand sponsorship. The sponsorship. But I got your girlfriend. And then he like flicks Marissa's hair or something. And Marissa's like, you are the grossest human ever. Voychuk. Tattoos. Arr, I'm 30. And off that man goes. This was unnecessary. Well, fortunately, everyone's there to support Johnny. And I mean everyone. Well, all of our lead characters, all of the tertiary characters. This is the party's done now. All of the extras have mysteriously disappeared. Though we do learn it is not yet 9 p.m. No. So did Chili just go around and be like, excuse me? party's over. Personal emergency. Get out. You guys know how this goes. It's the OC. We're in a teen drama. Personal emergency. Everyone leaves. You guys can party on the beach, not in the house. Well, Casey comes back, and Marissa's the one who gets her. And And Casey's like, look, you dumb dummy. My boyfriend's in love with you, and I can't be cheated on. So I cheated on him first. And yet you still feel kind of bad for Casey. Yeah. It would suck to watch because the thing with Wojciech is she's yeah. just sleeping with him. Like yeah. it's just sex. <laughs> yeah. To watch your boyfriend <laughs> fall in love with someone else in front of your eyes. Yeah. Not great. And why Wojciech? Why not Chili? <laughs> Chili just wants to sleep with a pretty girl. <laughs> but instead, Wojciech. Why not any other person? Why Wojciech is a, is a specific attack on Johnny to be like that. That's the thing. Al- although sleeping with Chili would be worse. Yeah. Yes, I agree. But Voychuk was. The, oh, that was designed. Yeah, that, that was a designed attack on Johnny. Like, if she was just like, I wanted to cheat, like I wanted to, you know, I wanted, I didn't want to be hurt by him, so I wanted to hurt him first. Then you have Voy- Luke- Voychuk is a nuclear bomb to drop on Johnny. Well, you know, Casey did tell us three episodes ago she's not that nice. That's true. Uh, though in this episode she says I'm not a bad person, so I want you to know I'm not a bad person. So she's not a bad person, but not that nice. She's a normal person who makes bad mistakes. And those mis- and Kevin, Voychuk is hot. 
and also was still shirtless mm. and then left shirtless, mm. which means he has to have arrived shirtless. Mm. All right, He's well, a surfer. All right. Well, Julie confronts Charlotte and Charlotte, Charlotte makes a she real makes a play. Hail Mary pass where she's like, but Julie, you have no man. You have no man plan. You have no jam plan. Yeah, this is where she kind of explains the plan as well, because she apparently she's done it before. So the charity is not actually to steal from either Kirsten or, or Julie. Julie. It's to have people donate and then take the donations because Because the charity is Charlotte. Yeah, I mean, the the idea is effectively, like, they're never going to find out because they all feel good about saying they donated to the poor and then blah, blah, blah. And it's for poorest to go to rehab, which, like, giving the money to Julie or Charlotte <laughs> is not inaccurate. Yeah, they're not technically lying. They're just doing fraud. So, but that's, but that brings into the Charlotte's like, hey, you could be involved. We could split this. And Julie's like, no. What, what is Wait. She, what is what did she say? I've never resorted to crime. No, what did she say? A hundred thousand for you and a hundred thousand for me? I think so. What are the third guy? And also, I feel like they put in way more just to get a hundred thousand out of this. Feels like that is a... Well, I mean, she bought a condo. <laughs> she bought a condo. They spent 30000 to go to rehab. If, if their pull out of this is like ten grand. No, they're taking a hundred thousand. No, no, no. I'm I'm trying to cut down like where it's going. Oh, like if yeah. after all it's done, all they get is ten grand. That doesn't seem like a great. It investment seems like a of lot time. of work, and they can never go back to Newport for another scam. Exactly. They 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 burned that bridge. Unless Charlotte dyes her hair. <laughs> no one will know. No one will know. All right. Uh, so Sandy's going. Sandy's talking over to Kirsten about uh, He's like, doing this whole thing with Matt. Maybe I like this, and she's like, Sandy. I don't care what you do. I just want you to be happy. Yeah, he's, and he's like, I just want to make sure that if I'm doing this, you're not going to feel weirded out by the fact that I now run <laughs> run the business that your dad made and you worked in. So I have a question for you, Aaron. Yes. What does the Newport group do? And what will Sandy do at it? The way that Matt said it, it's like, oh, no, I'll do all the calculations and stuff. You do your stuff, which is being a lawyer. No, Sandy is going to be charming. Right. That's what Sandy does. Okay. He charms people and then he plays secret hardball. So now they're owning a real estate company. It's like when he owned the restaurant and he was charming but then sneaky. Okay. So, man, Sandy's doing like a Homer Simpson amount of jobs that he's doing. Charming. He's a lawyer. Then he was a restaurant owner. And now he's a real estate mogul. And through all of that, he's just charming but sneaky. All right. Uh, so it's, uh, Taylor's preparing to lock in. They're going to lock the doors in 20 minutes. And I can only summarize this scene by saying mandatory fun is the best fun. <laughs> because this is like every single team bonding event I've ever done at a corporate job. Yeah. Uh, su- uh, summer, uh, not summer, uh, Taylor is like trying to get people to be like, um, I was do a trust fall. And then this is one There's guy. This one guy. They, they paid one actor to be the jerk in this scene. And boy, is he going to do it. But his lines are super lame. You, he's just like, you suck. It's not clever. I know. I'm like, okay, You're a buddy, loser. You suck. You're, you're the one sitting in the bleachers shouting, you suck. Just, you suck, loser. Yeah. But then Seth tries to help once and she's like, no, no, get away. And then Seth stands there because he's like, "No, you're really gonna want me." And he takes then he takes the um the 
the, mic. the microphone, and he sets up a game of Capture the Flag, and everyone's shouting at him and throwing things at him. But I take from this that they do play the game. Oh, they, I guess they do. Like, I I appreciate that the that what Seth does here is not really... It's not like he doesn't make the event cool. He, he ju- just redirects the rage. Yeah, which is a perfect thing for Seth to do. Yeah, is that he? He can't make this event cool. No one could make this event cool. But they can yell at him instead of Taylor. Yeah, and Taylor is very happy about that. And th- this is this is sort of the thing. And we'll t- talk about it later. Uh, what Seth was trying to do is that he wanted to have her mark that Ryan and Summer were there. Yeah, and so this so like yeah yeah yeah. So, uh, meanwhile, at 8.40 at night, <laughs> it's very dark, and yeah. our heroes roll up to the beach. Because Johnny, what? Johnny disappeared. He's going to go fight Volchik. And I guess them driving their massive S- SUV is as fast as Johnny walking to the beach. <laughs> I imagine Johnny walked down the beach. They had to get an SUV, drive up the cliff, because they're at the end of Dune oh, Road. that's true. So they had to drive, drive up go around they really took the long path here but they all had to get in that suv and marissa wasn't gonna run her shirt's way too low it would pop something terrible could happen um but i like they're like oh john's gonna fight volchik first thing johnny says as he, as he gets up there hey we need to talk and then <laughs> and then like it doesn't like it feels like he does it like kind of escalates but like Volychuk just wants to. I do and I th- thought this sh- this scene definitely should have had a knife. No, a baseball bat. Johnny should have had a baseball bat. Oh yeah. Johnny should have been walking up with a baseball bat because that is the thing they set up. And then Marissa should have been like, someone has to stop him, like, like, which would send Ryan in. Yeah, because I because the the idea I was getting here was supposed to be that like this was Johnny the... is in a rage. Fe- Johnny's in a rage blackout. Yeah, like. And because Marissa's the only one who really knows this thing, that would have been a good moment. And also, that's what they set up! Well, and, like, no one seems appropriately afraid that Johnny's going to do a murder. They're just afraid that Johnny will be murdered. (laughs) Yeah, so Ryan's there, and he's, like, pushing him away, and then uh, Volchuk throws out a lot of bitches, which is obviously Ryan's trigger word. (laughs) And Ryan's like, excuse me, I am in the OC, thank you. Punch. <laughs> Wait, what he says? Like, he says like he like sh- gives Johnny a little shove, shove back. And like I, he says something like I'm like I gotta do this. Hold on a second, and then just knocks Volchik out with one punch. And let's be clear, Volchik might have liked it. Oh, he loved it. He's like, oh yeah, finally a tough guy on the beach. Yes, someone who can meet my level. Oh god, I think I'm attracted to him. Be my nemesis, my yeah, friend. I, I will gonna kiss you on my mouth. I mean, your mouth, my mouth. No, we're not gonna kiss each other. We're gonna fight. You will be Batman. I will be Joker. We will love it. I don't like it. This is so confusing to me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, with, with, over there, uh, over to the side, where just Sandy and Matt celebrating. Yeah, Sandy does some dadding of his employee, Matt. Yeah, Sandy has a new son, which is <laughs> he but does it's a not son need. Who's old enough to drink? That's true, but he does not need any more sons. <laughs> so, uh, over at the lock-in, Taylor and Seth do some bonding, and Taylor is so happy that someone was in her corner once. Yeah, she's going to allow the sign-in sheet there. So, uh, I want to point out that Seth does have an entire pizza to himself. <laughs> <laughs> Seth earned that. Yeah. He probably won the Capture the Flag game. <laughs> Which means I get a full pizza. Y'all suckers going to be fine with your two pieces. You each. guys suck. I win. 
Uh, and that leads right into uh, Summer and Marissa trying to get into the to the lock-in. Well, Summer trying to get in. And she bangs on that door. And then we learn something that I think might be my favorite revelation in this in this episode. Taylor's now in love with Seth. Taylor hears that door knocking. And then she looks at Seth. I can't hear and you. And she's like, oh, no, I can't hear you. And Summer's like, you're literally responding to me. And I can't do that. Sorry. And then she goes. And she, her little kneel in front of Seth. I'm like, oh. So cute. <laughs> like, it, don't get me wrong. It's sad because because essentially Taylor is just attracted to anybody. The who, only person who has ever been nice to sure her. Which I'm sure Jack Hess was, like, somewhat nice to her. It's well, so I, I, sad. I, I imagine that what happens was Jack Hess was mean to Marissa. And Taylor was like, Yes. This is what I like. So, yeah. But oh, now, frig, Kevin. But I feel Taylor, so bad for her. Taylor's in love with Seth. Uh, just that, that little kneel that she does. like, like It's like this weird thing where she's like, it's, she's like a sad puppy. With her little capris and, and her little bare feet. And she's like, hi. And Seth's just like, I'm eating some pizza. <laughs> he was eating some pizza reading a book by himself. Nom pizza. Nom, nom, nom. Well, well, since that didn't work out, Ryan and Johnny have a gun and they hung out themselves. They uh, decided Ryan orders a cheeseburger with extra fries. Yeah, he does. Because he's so hungry from all his fighting. I also presume that he thought he was going to get food at the lock-in. Uh, they keep calling it a fight repeatedly, and it was just one punch. It was a good punch. I, there's also a great reveal here, which is, I think is a great thing to do in season three of this episode. That Ryan has never... <laughs> won a fight until he came to Newport. <laughs> yeah. Which means Ryan is the weakest of the Chino boys. Well, he also wins all his fights in Newport, mostly with one punch. <laughs> yeah. Like... He, he like in Chino he was a scrapper in Newport he's one punch man. So good. <laughs> yep. And uh Marissa watches this and is loves their bonding but is very sad because everything that goes wrong in the world is her fault for she is Archie Andrews. Well, I mean, Summer also is like it clarifies is her, clarifies her, like, um, I mean, like you know, Johnny does love you. Like, you have to realize that you did break up, Johnny and Casey. Yeah, may not have been on purpose, but that was you were the catalyst for that. You thing. did do that, Marissa. Yeah. So, so I think this means that or that 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 episode earlier where Johnny was explaining was like talking to Ryan's like, oh no, I understand. You see someone talking to someone, you think things, and then he does that long lingering look with Casey. I imagine. It was already started there, and Casey was like, you're spending a lot of, like, weird, long conversations with Marissa where you go off and help her like an angel. And I don't love dating an angel. I thought <laughs> I would like it, and yet... I, I also want to point out once, there's a, there's a shot where you see Ryan and Johnny sitting on two sides of the, um, the booth, and the only thing that I could think of in my head is like, ah, yes, look at that grown man talking to that teenager. Giving him such advice. Because <laughs> Johnny's the only teenager in the show who looks like a teenager. Yeah, the other teenagers started there, but they are no longer there. They're no longer there, but Johnny has like <laughs> just come in as a young boy. He's fresh. It's the hair. He's it is new. the hair. It is the. It's like well, the hair and like the, the pre-Bieber hair, yeah. and his face is very thin. Yeah, which is just the way his face is. Yeah, but the combo, like yeah, the, yeah, all the stuff together. That is that is a boy. Yep. So 
So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. Throughout this episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where Logic punched Cam Gianti in the face and reemerged in its new role as drama? Okay. I did. And my moment is a single line because I love Chili so much. Okay. So this is the line where Chili meets Summer. Oh, yeah. And he's like, oh, oh, friends, I told you, hot girls, they always roam around in a pack. And then Summer <laughs> goes, like wolves? And then Johnny's like, shut up. And then uh, as, like, chattering goes on, yeah. Chili mouths, I love you. <laughs> At Summer. <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, I, that, make, that, that makes sense for what we know of Chili. It makes sense for what we know of Chili. It makes sense for what we know of Summer. Summer is beloved by nerds. <laughs> Seth, Zach. It, it just it just it just more firmly um, puts in the point that Chili is just like he's a just con- concentrated Seth. Newport Union Seth. Yep, yep. That scene added nothing to the show, but was so delightful. Okay. Did you find a CW moment? I did. And mine is the end of the introduction of uh, Kim, Cam, Kim, Volchuk. Oh, Volchuk. Um, where, he decide, where he decides to having no, like, he's For never, no met, Mar- he's never met, met Marissa before. He's never, he, like, he obviously knows Johnny and he knows Casey, he knows, he knows them. But for some reason, he decides this moment to be like, you know what I'm going to do? Me, Voychuk. I'm going to do some, like, cerebral assassin mind games here by being like, hey, he's hanging out with a girl. Casey, I see all of your insecurities, and I'm going to bring them to light. There's no way he saw any of her insecurities. But he brought them to light. <laughs> he did. Do, do you imagine that maybe Voy, that's just Voychuk's, like, move? Is that what that he that he sees someone he knows saying someone else like hey I know that they are hanging out with someone else uh? look at my muscles huh? because boy Chuck because the the end outcome of that there's no way there's no way he could have known that Casey would sleep with him and then Johnny would try she- to fight him. And then this Ryan thing well, I mean, would I mean his, his entire goal was the um, was the sleeping with Casey, I would imagine. But Casey could have slept with anyone. Yeah, Casey had to... Because uh, there's no way Wojciech was, was invited to the Chili party, which means she had to have gotten him to that house, into Chili's room. And the thing is, as a teenage girl, not now, yeah. in the past... Sometimes you want to rage and make out with someone. But there's a but lot it's like of the person who's in front of you. There are so many people in And like no teenage girl ever would invite someone <laughs> to a party to make out with them. Yeah. You it... like develop a party that they will be at. Yeah, it's it's such a it's such like just like they just took a very big shortcut to be like, Yeah, Voychuk, ain't he a jerk? And I'm like, how did any of this happen? Well, this episode had so many how did any of this happens in it. Yeah, journeys went places, and they <sighs> went places, which is why I picked a tiny moment. Because yeah. the obvious moment is why does Charlotte have all those IDs <laughs> in her purse? Yeah, I couldn't pick that one either, because it was like the only way they could figure out to out Charlotte <laughs> was to they, have her Kevin, be... They live in the same house. She is conti- Yeah, she could have discovered a clue at the house that they live in, rather than... The fact they constantly make Charlotte a terrible the criminal, dumbest criminal, just like they constantly made Caleb the worst businessman, just like Riverdale no. makes Hiram Lodge a 
terrible criminal. No one can make anybody in these shows competent. The only competent person is Sandy, and he for some reason sold his his lawyer job. So that he could run his wife's job. <laughs> Which and... I don't understand why he had to do that. Because there was definitely, like, a departmental VP who could have stepped up to the plate. Oh, God, anyone. Even the secretary. Yeah, anyone. I, I believe the secretary had to have as much much information on the job as Sandy did. Yeah. Because Sandy... <laughs> had no information. Had no, he was a lawyer. And he, and he wasn't a real estate lawyer. He no. said that repeatedly. He was a criminal lawyer. We know this. We know this to be true. <laughs> he doesn't know real estate law. Okay, oh. we're going to wrap this up because, hey, the episode is done. We'll be back with more of the OC. But if you want to talk to us, you can get us. We're on social media. Podcast MOA, Podcast MOA. You can also email us, which is the same thing, podcastmoa at gmail.com. And we know we shouted a lot, but still give us your ratings and <laughs> reviews and subscriptions because I feel, sometimes we shout less. I feel like I like I dream walk through this episode. Like I could not get my, my brain to match with what I wanna what I wanted my mouth to say because there was so much this was like a Riverdale on. episode living in the skin of an OC. Yeah, and like, like there's times where I'm like, I gotta like, like, like I gotta like settle down because I can't, because uh, I can't like focus my mind. But as I'm trying to piece together motivations and reasons, but oh like, god, Voychuk basically could be Kurtz. They're the same uh. with their weird names and their creepy faces. <laughs> Except the Voychuk is so hot. Will Julie decide to combine forces with Charlotte? With Johnny's feelings revealed, what will Mirsa do? How many more sons will Sandy acquire? Answers all this and more next time on Mystery Outsides and Abs. A teen drama fancast? <laughs> <laughs>